The myths of selling to the government. If you're using traditional sales techniques to sell to the government, you're doing it wrong. Rick Wimberly and Lauren Bristow have been selling and marketing to the government for years. Quite successfully, thank you. They're authors of Seven Myths of Selling to Government, available on Amazon. The podcast is brought to you by Government Selling Solutions, a consultancy helping companies sell to the government. Now, here's Rick. Welcome back. Last episode, we busted the myth about RFPs driving government business, and we started talking about relationships, which really drive government business. So what's next? How do we build the type of relationships that help us become top performers? First, we must talk about trust. Trust is the willingness to rely on an exchange partner in whom one has confidence. Simply said, not so simple to make happen. As you might expect, the amount of trust between two parties has a major impact on the level of relationship commitment and involvement. Trust is central to commitment, but it's also a concept that stands on its own. Trust and commitment are two sides of the same coin. Increase your level of relationship commitment and trust, and you've got yourself a long-term customer you can't beat off with a stick. Before we dig into the key drivers of relationship, commitment, and trust, let's take a look at what focusing on these two things will get you. Research has shown there's some pretty nifty benefits to making concerted efforts at building relationship, commitment, and trust in selling. Benefit number one, greater acquiescence. Now, acquiescence is not a pretty term, as we hard-charging independent types usually don't like the idea of acquiescing to anything. And we've made it pretty clear in Episode 1 that our approach should not be coercive in nature. However, acquiescence is an accurate description of one of the relationship benefits. Here's how Robert Morgan and Shelby Hunt define the term. Acquiescence, the degree to which a relationship partner accepts or adheres to another's specific request or policies. Now, we hope prospects will take our advice and acquiesce to our request. Stronger relationship commitment and trust will yield a greater likelihood of compliance. Now, acquiescence in our case doesn't stem from abusive power. Acquiescence through intimidation or coercion is a hallmark of dysfunction. However, in healthy relationships, we often find ourselves bowing to the other party's wishes. Um, yes, dear. We do so because we value the relationship and want it to continue. This is the right kind of acquiescence that stems from positive relationship bonds. Benefit number two, lower propensity to leave. Now, you haven't just tuned into an episode of Oprah. We're still talking about building relationships and the benefits of doing so in government selling. In this case, propensity to leave is not about showing up at your house to find your clothes, your collection of vinyl records, and your flat-screen TV in a pile in the front yard. It's about a decision to buy or continue a partnership. The research shows, as you might expect, that buyers are less likely to seek another source and conversely more likely to hang around and spend money when there's a strong relationship, commitment, and trust, as in our Mr. K example in the last episode. Benefit number three, better cooperation. 
The research shows that greater relationship commitment enhances cooperation and coordination. Cooperation is needed to achieve virtually any desired result. Cooperation is really a higher-order outcome, more than mere acquiescence. With acquiescence, only the most basic level of participation will occur, and just enough interaction to get by. When a spirit of cooperation has been sown and cultivated, the fruit is a true collaborative partnership with both of you pursuing the means to achieve a set goal. Benefit number four, more productive conflict. Productive conflict? Do we really want conflict? The answer is a resounding yes. In any relationship, there will be disagreements and differing viewpoints. The goal should be not to eliminate these divergent opinions, but instead harness and leverage them. In fact, in a study that Lord and I oversaw on traits of top-performing government salespeople, we found that willingness to disagree with prospects and say no was a trait found among top performers. We'll dig more deeply into the study in a later episode. If you just can't wait, go to the Government Selling Solutions website and grab it. While we're at it, Frankly, selling to government isn't for everyone, but it can be very lucrative, and some people just have a knack for it. Over the years, the people at Government Selling Solutions have taken the knack they have, solved the myths, and figured out why some people are really successful at it, and some just aren't. Government Selling Solutions offers sales training, capture team coaching, strategic and tactical planning assistance, and mentoring, and more stuff. Contact Government Selling Solutions by going to govselling.com. Govselling.com. Government Selling Solutions. Getting government sold. Let's see, where was I? When there's a strong relationship commitment and trust between parties, conflict can produce ideas and innovations that would have never arisen otherwise. The benefit of working through difficult times will have lasting positive effects. In fact, The time to start worrying the most is not when conflict arises, but when no one cares enough about the relationship to raise a fuss. Besides, you'll find that many government decision-makers are the crusty types. They appreciate candor, even disagreements, more than suck-up sales types. There have been many times in our career when disagreements and differing viewpoints expressed properly showed us that a government buyer was buying into what we had to say. And sometimes, just saying no has worked, particularly when the answer was really no. In fact, sometimes in this space, you need to get to a no before they begin to trust you. Make sense? I was in a meeting with a senior official of a state police agency. He was a cantankerous guy by nature and skeptical by training. He took me to task more than once, then questioned my motivation for doing something significantly less expensive than others would have charged a pretty penny for. I quietly fumed and let him go on, even though we were in front of a bunch of people. After the meeting, I asked to speak to him privately. For me, a short guy without a gun and badge, talking to a tall guy with a gun and badge, I told him why I was motivated to do the work for as little as we were charging. I stood up to him and laid out two things I wanted from him in exchange. His tone changed. I got what I wanted. He got what he wanted. The senior official is now an ally. 
a very good and important one, we had just gone through productive conflict. But then there was the time I suggested to a big group of U.S. Postal Service buyers that we could use FedEx <laughs> to ship the product I was trying to sell them. That wasn't such a productive conflict. That was a lapse of judgment on my part, standing in front of 20 or 30 postal inspectors. But, well, actually, there is no but. They didn't buy. <laughs> Strategies for building commitment and trust, coming up in the next episode. Today's episode has been brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions. Getting government sold. 